and we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, the NFL regular season has come to a close. Playoffs have now been decided. We had a crazy Sunday, to say the least. A lot of, you know, wild finishes. And we now know a bit of the NFL draft order as well due to some of these past, you know, games this past weekend. And a couple of coaches have been fired due to some really bad seasons. So a lot of stuff to, you know kind of obtained from this past Sunday in the NFL. Ironically, with all these coaches getting fired, that has been the least crazy news in the NFL the last week or so. Yeah. But like you said, the craziest season in recent memory had a pretty hectic ending to the season. We'll start from top to bottom. Uh, Let's start off, though. Let's start with the, uh, I guess let's start with that Bills-Bengals game being canceled and how that's going to affect the rest of the season. If you'd like to explain to our listeners how it's going to work with the playoffs with that game missing. Yeah. So what happens with that game now is is that the the Bengals are officially, with that game, they get officially eliminated from home field advantage throughout the entire postseason. Now, and essentially, the, the Buffalo Bills technically also get eliminated, but there is a catch to it. So if the Cincinnati uh, – sorry – if the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs play each other in the AFC Championship game this season, they would not be playing in Kansas City, because we'll get into that in a little bit, but they would be playing at a neutral site stadium just to give you know a chance for Buffalo because they potentially could have had the same exact record as the Chiefs going into the final week of the season and at the end of the final week of the season. So, in all, to give fairness to Buffalo... There will be a neutral site game if the Chiefs and the Bills play each other. Now, for Cincinnati, they're essentially knocked out. They have no chance of making home field advantage. So they will have to go to either they will have to go to Kansas City either way if they're in the AFC Championship game. So the Bengals at the end of the day, they get screwed out of it. But and at the end of the day, they still get the AFC North Championship because of that game being canceled. Baltimore could not tie them in the standings from this past Sunday. But as we'll get into it a little bit, Johnson, we saw that that wouldn't have mattered either way because the Bengals absolutely embarrassed the Ravens. Uh, yeah, but I understand why they did this. But at the end of the day, I, don't, I think the Buffalo Bills had no chance against the Bengals, especially towards the end of the season when they were just on such a hot streak. I think the Bengals are going to win that game, knock them out anyway. So this, I think, actually benefits Buffalo in the uh, in the worst way. I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely helps Buffalo because they don't have to go to Arrowhead if they have to play in the AFC Championship game now. They the should question, put it in uh they should put it they haven't announced where it's going to be yet, right? They have not announced where it's going to be. They were they trying to get it into Indianapolis so they could actually see uh, a championship game being played there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All I know is, is that they try to get it into Indianapolis and they and the, I think the Colts said no. Yeah, that's another team that needs to that hasn't had banner raised in a long time, so uh, they could have used one too. Not as long as the Cowboys, but you know they're getting up there yeah. now. So the NFL has a couple weeks, but remember, this could all be for nothing. I, you, I, I telling you right now, they won't decide where it's going to be played until the divisional round for the AFC is over, because we don't even know if the Bills or Bengals are going to be there. Well, not the Bills, not the Bengals. I'm sorry, we don't even know if Buffalo is going to be there because. If Buffalo and Cincinnati win their playoff games, they would play each other the following week. So Buffalo still will have to play Cincinnati either way, it looks like, barring any upset. So there's still a chance that the Bills get eliminated before the AFC Championship game, and then it won't really matter for the neutral site. It will just be Kansas City's opportunity to host the AFC Championship game once again. Well, if Buffalo makes it there, I want to see him either lose to Patrick Holmes or lose to Joe, uh, to Joe Burrow. I think if he loses to Patrick Holmes one more time, I'm pretty sure the Buffalo fans will kind of go mad after this. I mean, one yep. time's acceptable, two times, okay, that's not real. Yep. A third time, all right. It'll be deja vu, unfortunately. A third time is starting to feel like it's not even competitive at this point. It will, it will feel like the 90s all over again with the Super Bowls. That was the, What a great time to be alive for any fan I'm of the AFC. I'm not well, for you, for you, yeah. Any AFC East team, really. Just, just keep in mind, folks. He is. There's a lot of spite when it comes to that uh, comment from him, and I think he knows why. What do you mean? Su- Sunday was not a good day for you. Absolutely. Any- not. 
anyway, we'll get into a quick, you know, there's not much really to say about this first game. We've obviously been alluding to it since we talked about the Bills and Bengals um, suspension and cancellation of their game. Kansas City Chiefs played the Raiders on Saturday, absolutely annihilated them 31-13. to So Kansas City, with the win, is going to have home field advantage throughout the entire postseason. Obviously, there is still the catch of if they play the Bills in the AFC Championship game, it will be at a neutral site. But if it's anyone other than Buffalo, the AFC Championship game will be at Arrowhead once again. So Kansas City has a great opportunity to go back to the Super Bowl. Another impressive year for Patrick Mahomes and company. And that is a year after they lost Tyreek Hill. So they have just looked like a well-oiled machine once again. And for the Raiders, they just go into an offseason with a lot of you know questions. Derek Carr is going to most likely be gone from the team. Maybe rumors that Tom Brady rejoins Josh McDaniels. So who knows what happens this offseason. But at the end of the day, Chiefs win big. Home field advantage for them. We'll have to see who their first playoff game will be in the divisional round as they get a rest in the wild card week. Anyone who thinks Tom Brady's going to play with, uh, willingly go play with Josh McDaniels, uh, needs to be have their head examined. I don't think people remember how much Tom Brady actually despised Josh McDaniels. He would literally go there on the sidelines. He would break headsets. He would throw things at him. He'd have to be pulled apart from him sometimes. They did not. He Tom Brady did not like Josh McDaniels' offense, so I don't know why he would go willingly to play for him. That's Vegas. That's why. That's the only reason. I think he's going to end up playing a lot more now. Uh, post divorce, I think he's going to keep keep on playing. I don't think he got divorced for one season of football, so I think he's in there for the long haul at this point. But we'll it's going to be only time will tell. We'll have to say we'll get into Tom Brady a little bit later on as we preview their uh, wild card matchup against Dallas Cowboys. But let's go into a big time game that you know from this past Saturday night: Titans and the Jaguars, the battle for the AFC South. And I got to be honest, Johnson, this game went a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I thought the Jaguars were going to absolutely annihilate the Titans. And, yes, it was oh. kind of a, a snooze fest in, in a sense. Well, we, but, we kind of figured that the Jaguars would win, but you can't count out Derrick Henry. Oh, no, you can definitely not count out Derrick Henry. I mean, when you have 30 carries for 109 yards, you're going to stay in the game no matter what. You got to give the Titans defense credit. I mean, they got annihilated the first time these two teams met in Tennessee, but they held – Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the team in check. You know, Travis Etienne, he could not run the ball. Lawrence had just one passing touchdown, but it was a really good one to Christian Kirk in the second half and late in the first half, I should say. And the Jaguars, you know, it looked like they were going to be eliminated. They're down 16 to 13 late in the fourth quarter. It looked like their season was going to end, but that Jacksonville defense came alive just when they needed it the most. They get a strip sack fumble. And Josh Allen returns it for a touchdown, and Jacksonville survives and wins the game 20 to 16. The Jaguars are going to the playoffs as the AFC South champions. They all actually host a playoff game. So, a wild turn of events going from last season with the tumultuous tenure of Urban Meyer. And they hired Doug Peterson, and he's done great things for the Jaguars team. He's gotten a lot out of his young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. A lot out of Travis Etienne, even though he didn't show up in this last game. And this offense has really started to kind of kick into a groove, but the defense has definitely made some big-time plays when they need it the most. I am so happy that Trevor Lawrence is finally getting the recognition he deserves. I went to bat so many times for this guy last year, saying he's a generational quarterback, it's the coaching, and all I heard was a blah, 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 he sucks. You cannot judge any player based off one season of their career, especially when they're a rookie. You had guys out here saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Yeah, he's played seven games, and he's had two head coaches. Now. He's had two head coaches last year. So this is his third head coach in two seasons right now. And it seems like with a little bit of support and without the clown show that Urban Meyer was running there, whether it was in practice, on the field, off the field, wherever it was. In a nightclub. In a nightclub, yeah, let's not go into that, that right there. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But without the clown show, Trevor Lawrence is performing at a high level, and his best target, his number one option, is Christian Kirk. So you're talking about a guy who's yeah. performing this well. Nothing against Christian Kirk. He's a great receiver, but can you match if he had, like, a Devontae Adams well, or a of, Stephon Diggs or well, Justin they Jefferson? Were getting, they were getting a lot of criticism for giving Christian Kirk all that money in the offseason, and I was one of those people. I said, listen, Christian Kirk is a nice young wide receiver, but he should not be being paid that much money on a team. You know, 
when he really hasn't proven much, he was always the number two to DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. So I didn't think he would really, you know, step up. And to his credit, he's done great things. And as much as I hate to say it, Evan Ingram has been a nice pickup for them as well. They got Zay Jones in the offseason. Moves that they got criticized for in the offseason have really panned out for them. And is, it, uh, is DJ the Chark still there? No, DJ Chark is in Detroit. He's in Detroit. So who is it then I'm thinking of? Who's their third string wide receiver? It's Marvin Jones. It is Marvin Jones. Okay, so they swap wide receivers pretty much. Well, no, Marvin Jones has been there for a couple of years now. Yeah, I mean, he was a, he was a former Detroit Lion, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Right? He yeah. was. Okay, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. Fig- I, I'm switching him up for a second there, but no, they have some. I mean, really, outside Christian Kirk, I mean, Evan Ingram had the one good season in New York. That was about it. Stop. I mean, he was good that one season in New York. I'm not saying he was lit the world on fire. He are, was you pro- by, the, are you talking he was about the Are you talking about the Pro Bowl tight end? He was. Not, I'm not getting into that. Everyone here knows that that was not a Pro Bowl season. Didn't deserve it. Robert Tunyon yeah. deserved that nomination. Anyway, continue. Anyway, where's Robert Tunyon right now? Uh, on a couch. Playoffs. Yeah, on a couch. Evan Ingram had one good season in New York. I, you could even call it mediocre. Will you accept mediocre? I guess. So he had a mediocre mood. I'm not trying to get my mood ruined because the Giants are in the playoffs. I don't want to talk about this. Screw Evan Ingram. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Christian Kirk, number two guy, steps up. Travis Etienne, really good running back. And I'll give him credit because I gave him a lot of discredit too. I thought James Robinson was the better running back on that team. And Etienne definitely proved me wrong throughout the season. So now my main question with this going forward, what do you have to give Trevor Lawrence? To get a championship. They're not championship material this line. year. Or not next year. But Their what do you offensive give line is really is not that good still. They need to fix that in the offseason. I think that's going to be a point of emphasis for them. And I would say their secondary potentially could use some help. Like along along the side of their safeties. I think Jackson's their secondary is okay. It's not it's bad. Not, it's not bad, but they're still getting burnt when it comes to, you know, covering in the secondary. I still so I think a you know a corner, a couple safeties would help, but the offensive line is definitely the key. Maybe adding one more wide receiver because Marvin Jones is up there in age, so you're definitely going to need an upgraded wide receiver sooner rather than later. But they're not far away. They're going to be a team to be threatened with, in the AFC. It all will depend on how they will add to the team that they currently have. Because let's just face facts, we didn't expect them to win the, the division title this year. We expected a team like the Titans to win it. I picked the Colts. Obviously, that didn't go well. But the Titans, I mean, let's just face facts. I mean, they were a team that was expected to win it again just due to the fact that they had Derrick Henry. And after a 7-3 and start, they lose seven straight games to end the season. They were 0-8 against teams above 500. So an abysmal end of the season. And I don't care what anyone says. Mike Vrabel going to next season is definitely on the hot seat. So he needs to fix something with that organization in order to get them back to the playoffs. So, uh, I guess going into, I guess we'll dive into the times a little bit. Uh, Mike Vrabel's on the hot seat. Let's yeah. be real about that. He's on the hot seat. I don't care what anyone here says or anyone who anyone else says. I don't care what Grayson says. Oh, he's not in the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. Absolutely. If he has, if he regresses one more year, or if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, I think he's gone. If he do, if they do not make the playoffs next season, he's absolutely getting fired. Because you got to remember, Johnson, they're going to have a new GM. So. They're going to want to put. Not, he wants to put his own guy in there. Exactly. He might. He might be on a very short lease. You could. I would not be surprised if he gets fired at some point during the season next season. I think the only way they get fired midseason, or he gets fired midseason, if he starts off like one in five. If he's treading water and it's like he's like three and three or four and three, a game. You know, like let's say it's a little bit later on, he's six and seven, and they're just right in that playoff hunt. They'll keep him around. See how he finishes the season out, but unless he gets off to an abysmal start, well, he's gonna stay there. The problem is who's a good, who's gonna be the quarterback for that team? Because Ryan uh, Tannehill, in my opinion, is going to be a free agent. Let's just bring back Marcus Mariota. They weren't point. they weren't confident in Malik Willis, and it showed because they saw Josh Dobbs their last two games of the season. So they're in a really bad spot right now. Mariota, I, I guess, but I don't think that does anything for your team. I don't know what's going to happen with them or who are they going to sign. Uh, I, 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 there's so many problems with Maybe that Maybe you go after Derek Carr. With... I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't think there's an actual 
They could take like a reclamation pro- project in Carson Wentz. They want to be mediocre. Man, that after what Carson Wentz has done for both the Commanders and the Colts, no one should well, be taking. He a wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad at the on the Colts. He lost them some games with some very he bad did. interceptions. He did. He did. But Car- Carson, you can look at the so, you, you look at the. The, the issue with that is you look at the stats and you think to yourself, oh, he didn't have a bad season. If you watch the games closely, he had a really he had a bad season. He lo- he is the reason they did not make the playoffs that year. Yes, I'm aware he kind of, uh, how can I put this uh, nicely to him? He uh, Screw choked. The pooch. He choked a lot that season, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially the game, that last game versus Jacksonville was abysmal. Uh, but he, I think he can still put it together. I think if he has the right coach and the right system, he still has potential. <sighs> no offense. I, I, I think he's done. He's going to be a backup for the rest of his career. I mean, listen, we'll find out soon, but, uh, long story short, Titans got to figure out what's going on with their organization. We'll have to say, let's go into the next game though. Uh, Andrew, it's a game. I know you don't really want to touch kind of into it, but we're going to have to touch into it anyway. New England going on the road to Buffalo. A big, high-packed, emotional game. Obviously, the first game for the Bills since the DeMar Hamlin situation. We've now heard that he's back in Buffalo, so that's really great news to hear about that. Still in critical condition, so still the monitor that, but it is really good to see that DeMar Hamlin is in better spirits right now, and it's starting to get a lot better as the, you know, the days come by since the incident in Cincinnati. So, the Bills hosting this game against New England, and this is a big game for both teams. Obviously, the Bills win this game; they still have a chance, you know, "quote unquote," to have home field advantage because they will have the neutral site game with Kansas City, and the Patriots obviously a win and in situation to get into the postseason. And right from the opening kickoff, I mean, Buffalo went out with a bang. Naheem Hines returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown, or you know, I know you don't want to say it, but you can't. You couldn't write a better script to start off that game for the Buffalo Bills. But to give the Patriots credit, they kept this game back and forth. Throughout most of the game, Buffalo had a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, but the Bills were able to hang on and win this one 35-23. So the Bills, as we said earlier, if they get to the AFC Championship game and face the Kansas City Chiefs, they will be at a neutral site stadium. Buffalo now you know, has the number two seed in the AFC. They will play the seventh seed, which we'll get into a little bit. Don't want to spoil that right now. But a tough one for New England. They lose this game, and unfortunately, they get eliminated from the playoffs. And now a season, they go into the offseason with a lot of questions. Obviously, they need to, in my opinion, need to fire Matt Patricia. I'm sure you're of the same opinion. All right. So I will actually, the only thing we need to do is not fire Matt Patricia because he's a friend of Bill Belichick, so that won't happen. But he has to remain with the team. So I'm going to promote that he is given the job of cheeseburger inspector. (laughs) So they won't have to actually buy out his contract. That could be Joe Judge. No, but I, I, I that could be Joe Judge. All right, how about how about Joe Judge is the pencil inspector and he and uh Patricia's the laminated uh playbook inspector. Yeah, that is the most oxymoron thing I've ever seen. This dude, this dude walks around with a laminated playbook with a pencil. Yeah. Has anyone actually ever That's like, your offensive spoken coordinator, about buddy. this? Uh, no, that's gonna oh. be our next. That's gonna be our next cheeseburger inspector. <laughs> uh, but I need your thoughts about this game. I mean, it was a rough game for Mac Jones. He had three interceptions on the day. Uh, um, I'm gonna say one thing and one thing only. It did not get bad until they uh, until special teams uh, blew it twice because Mac yeah. Jones should have not been in that situation to begin with. He ran the offense perfect up until probably the last ten minutes of the game where they really started needing to push the envelope. So he was kind of outside his comfort zone. And that's when he started throwing picks. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the game. I mean, New England took the lead with a field goal in, you know, about midway through the third quarter. And then Naheem Hines returned his second kickoff for a touchdown. So yeah, like no one realizes teams. if both things, if those two don't, if that doesn't happen, it's a complete different, it's a completely different game. That's both a difference. Two, uh, of, no, yeah, that's the difference of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to me, I'm going to say this one more time. This is going to be like a lost season because there are so many games that, there were so many mental lapses, which isn't like a Bill Belichick coach team that really cost them the playoffs. They had yeah. so many. There's probably four or five games 
you could you pick count, from. You, you could count on one hand how many times the, you know there was a big you know issue with this team. Yeah, in years past, you could probably count on one hand how like okay, a costly penalty cost in the game. But now it's it seems like it happened four or five times this season yeah. where they made big mistakes. It wasn't like oh yeah, I forgot to get off the field as fast. We gotta get no. You're talking about turnovers on the goal line versus the Bengals, or you're talking about the Vikings touchdown call, you're talking about the Raiders relapse, or you're talking about these special teams relapses, the entire game versus the Bears. There's so many games that they should have won, but they didn't because of absolute, uh, just a lack of mental fortitude. So I really don't want to dwell on this a lot. To me, the Patriots probably should have at least won 10 or 11 games because if you could take a look at five or six and say, hey, we should have won at least half of them, uh, that's gonna be my argument. They should have won about 10, 10 or eleven games, and you could agree with me or disagree with me. Oh, but all I'm gonna say is, and I'm sure you would have said the same thing if I said this, but the Giants could have, should have, would have Johnson. Unfortunately, that's all. Yeah, I'm could have, should have. Listen, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a lost season. I'm not saying that. Oh, we should be in the playoffs. No, because at the end of the day, they made so many mistakes. You could argue that the refs did screw us in the Vikings game, the in the Raiders game, which would be the difference of the playoffs. But I digress. Uh. I think you need one more wide wide receiver in the offseason. We don't know what's happening with uh, guys like McCordy and Matthew Slater. Their future's kind of in the balance right now. And we'll just have to take it and wait and take it one day at a time, I guess. We'll have to see definitely what New England does in the offseason. But let's get into the next game, a AFC North you know, division rivalry between the Bengals and the Ravens. Now, this is an interesting game. Obviously, the Bengals, with the cancellation of the game against Buffalo, Already had won the AFC North, so the Ravens didn't even have a chance to win the division due to the cancellation. But there was still a kicker for Baltimore going into this game. So if Baltimore was able to win this game, then there would have been a coin toss, Andrew, to determine who would have been the home team for the Ravens and Bengals playing in the playoffs. Obviously, that did not happen due to the fact that the Baltimore Ravens had to start their third-string quarterback, Anthony Brown, and Baltimore just could not stop this Bengals high-powered offense with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. They just had no chance to stop anyone. And the Bengals got out on top and, you know, held on. They had 27-16. Cincinnati wins the AFC North, as we said. The Ravens are still in the playoffs. And, in fact, these two teams will meet each other again next week in the wild card in Cincinnati. So, for Baltimore, they go into the postseason. They're hoping that Lamar Jackson will be back. The rumor is that he's most likely going to play. If it's not Lamar Jackson, it will be a blowout for sure. And for the Bengals, they go into the playoffs, one of the highest teams in football. I believe winners are eight in a row. So they're going to be a team to be threatened with come this postseason. Obviously, they had the magical run last season. No one is going to be looking ahead of them. They know that Cincinnati now is for sure a threat to win the AFC for the second straight season. And I got to say, they're definitely a Super Bowl threat. I thought they were going to have a Super Bowl hangover. And, you know, I still thought they would make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would do the things that they're doing right now. So you got to give hats off to Cincinnati's entire staff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. There's really not much to talk about. Uh, I would have wished that they would have lost the game already just because when you win, when you're so hot, a team like them and the Niners, you just have to lose eventually. Like you're kind of overdue at this point. Even as Buffalo. Buffalo's that sounds- on a win streak too. One, yeah, something's got to give one of these teams, and uh, that's why I said Cincinnati, and Buffalo. If they if they if they win against in their wild card games, well, you're right. One, one something's gonna have to give. Yeah, uh, one game I want to get into next is the Dolphins surviving against the Jets in probably the worst football game I've seen this year. <laughs> it was, and this bull- was for a playoff spot. One, I, this team is going to the playoffs. Who just scored nine points in uh, in sixty minutes? And then you know what? And we talk about you know we talk about betting on the show. There is a lot of people that were down bad after this game. I don't know if you know the story, Johnson. Obviously, going into the game, the Jets were plus three and a half uh, favorite or uh, underdogs, I should say. That last uh, safety at the end of the game cost everyone that had Jets plus three and a half their bet. Uh, yeah, I had Jets minus one, so, uh... Ah, uh, so you were, uh, also down. Well, you were down bad either way. Yeah, I mean, it was... The game. Yeah, I mean, the, the, God, it was, this was just awful. Uh, like I said, there's nothing much to talk about besides the fact that Miami does win this game, so... Buffalo's gonna kill them. They're going Buffalo's to the playoffs. absolutely gonna murder them. They're gonna play the Buffalo Bills now in the wild card. Obviously, these two teams a couple weeks ago had a great showdown in a snowy environment at Buffalo, but... There was a lot of different circumstances. Obviously, Tua Tagovailoa was the starting quarterback for that game. 
there's still there's still doubt that he starts this upcoming week because he's still in the concussion protocol. So we don't know if he even plays this week. So if it is Skylar Thompson again, I, Miami, you're absolutely right. They're going to get absolutely destroyed in that game against the Bills. So Miami really needs to attack of Iloa to start this upcoming weekend. And if he doesn't, it's going to be a one and done for Miami. But the good news is, I guess you made it. You, you don't have to be that upset that you almost, you know, blew an eight and three record to finish eight and nine. You finished nine and eight. Congrats. Wow! Congrats. You've won one out of your last seven. I think that's that's really good. Um, but a team that was hot going into the final week of the season was the Steelers. Johnson. I mean, they needed a lot of things to happen. Obviously. They yeah. need the Patriots to lose and the Dolphins to lose. And they were trying to keep their, you know, coaching the record for Mike Tomlin's streak. To keep streak alive. alive. I think it's now and going I, on 16 years. From it is. And I, I remember, I called this last week, this exact scenario, that the Steelers were going to win, but they weren't going to make the playoffs. That was my bold prediction last week. You did say that. Uh, my other bets really didn't go too well, but that was the one bold prediction I did get, right? So I guess Chuck went up for me. I went like 2-8 and eight last, last week, you so it was absolutely horrible. Yeah, it was by far your worst week of the season. It had to happen. I went 8-1 and one the last two weeks, 8-1, and 8-1. and one. I was due for some regression, so hey, I'll take it. Uh, still up around 14 or 15 games in the season, so I'll yeah. take that. But yeah, Mike Tomlin's done an incredible job. Kenny Pickett is looking like a gunslinger now. He's looking, He's looking very well. He's looking about. really good in that game. Yeah, he, I mean, listen, it, he got off to a very slow start. He picked it on mostly through the second half. But Kenny Pickett, that's been the story of him this entire season. I mean, he got he replaced his Trubisky at one point. He's now starting to look like that quarterback the Steelers took in the first round. So there is still some signs for Pittsburgh to, to have some hope. I thought they were going to make the playoffs for sure, but the problem was they need the Jets to win, so that didn't really go their way. So the Steelers, because of the Dolphins winning, get eliminated, and they miss the postseason. So a tough way to end the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there's still a lot of things to go about and, you know, look forward to in the upcoming season. Obviously, if they're able to get Kenny Pickett some help on the offensive line especially, Steelers definitely could be a playoff team for the next couple of years. We'll have to see what happens with them. And for Cleveland, I mean, you have to show Watson, so no one's really rooting for you right now, unfortunately. No offense, Browns fans. So Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that anyone would have given anyone would have given anything for the Browns to be in the playoffs and for the Browns to be relevant. But for uh They were that team. Of Watson, uh, I mean, they'll be fine. They'll bounce back next year. They'll have him for a full season. Uh you'll have uh Nick Chubb be healthy, hopefully knock on wood. Uh the wideouts be helped uh healthy and uh, maybe Donovan People Jones takes a, a leap next year. To be about slot receiver, who knows? But lots of interesting things going on in the AFC North. Definitely one of the most stacked divisions in football. Yeah, the one division that isn't stacked right now in football is the AFC South. Um, let's just face facts. Uh, there's not much to go really go about this game. It was one of the wilder games of the week, obviously between the Texans and the Colts. Now, usually we wouldn't talk about this game if there had if there was any like implications on it. And the biggest implication that came away with this game is was this. So the Chicago Bears had lost earlier in the day to the Minnesota Vikings. So if the Texans were to win this game against the Colts, the Texans would fall to the number two pick, and the Bears would get the number one pick. And the Texans converting two fourth and long you know, conversions on the last drive of the game, they're able to drive down the field and score the go-ahead touchdown and the go-ahead two-point conversion to win the game 32-31. to So the Texans, they fall out of that number one draft slot. Chicago is now going to be on the clock. Once the NFL draft comes along in April, and for the Indianapolis Colts, um, yeah, you were by far, you and Denver by far were the biggest disappointments of the NFL season, to say the least. Them and Denver, uh, I don't know about. I mean, them and Denver definitely. I'm trying to think of another team that could have been on par with them, disappointment wise. Uh, I think Raiders are up there too. I think a lot of people thought the Raiders were going to be solid just because you're adding Devontae Adams. Um, people are really high on the Raiders. They really high on Denver. They really Packers. high. The Packers kind of redeemed themselves towards the end. So I wouldn't say that they were. Oh my God, so disappointing. Yeah, but they but were a little you, disappointing. But I don't want like I I I mean not to you know, get ahead, but with them missing the playoffs, I mean that's kind of disappointing end of the season considering they were supposed to be a quote unquote you know playoff team threat in the NFC again. Yeah, uh, I guess you're not wrong about that. I'll have to agree with you on that. I would say the Buccaneers, if anything. 
Yeah, I mean they're just lucky. To even though they, the playoffs. even though they made the playoffs, even the Packers have the same record, and uh, they were I'm, not hot this year. They, that offense really regressed. Yeah, I, Tampa Bay is going into this playoffs re- looking really, really bad right now. Um, so I don't know where they go from here. Their opponent but, though is also looking bad. We'll get into that in a little bit, though. Uh, with this Texans win versus the Colts, Lovey Smith. Did the Chicago Bears one final solid before leaving the NFL, probably for good. And with this win, the Bears now have the number one pick in the NFL draft. But they are committed to Justin Fields, and they say this that Bryce Young is going to have to really wow them. He's going to have to blow them out of the water. I think it happened to get Justin Fields at the moment, just because he had he had a good season. Can't can't take anything away. You have to get him some help. the issue for the Bears is now if they keep now the question's going to be will the Bears keep the number one draft pick or will they trade down to a team maybe like the Colts or maybe the Raiders, a team looking for a quarterback. So I think they should uh I think they should take Will Anderson. I would tend to agree. I think Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, I think, would be the right choice. But like I said, if they trade with a team like the Colts, they could potentially still get that player at number three. So that's gonna be the decision. The decision's really I think that's where I think it's really gets interesting for the draft well, because it's it's now it's Bears, Texans, Colts, right? Correct. So yeah, they could definitely get him at three because we we know the Texans are taking a quarterback. Texans are, de- are definitely taking a quarterback. The question is, do the Colts? It's going to be depending on how do the Colts feel about Stroud or Young, um, and do they who would they rather see go to Houston? That's why I think. Listen, not a lot of people are taking as much credit for the Bears getting them one pick. They're saying, you know. Oh, stupid on Houston. And I it's definitely right because the Colts could easily just jump into the number one slot and they could screw over the division rival. Problem is, I don't know how much it's gonna take because we've seen years. It will take past. a King's ransom. They're gonna have to trade they have they're gonna have to trade a couple first round picks, a lot more draft picks potentially. Yeah, I mean, and the I believe the Colts GM is uh said they will move heaven and earth to actually get that if they if they commit to that guy to get that guy. Yeah, I mean they have to do something because when you go four twelve and one, you need to fix something. Because like I said, the Colts were expected to be a division champion this season, and they were one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. But I want to head into the next game and let's talk about those Philadelphia Eagles. Now you'd normally be upset about this, Nick, but I was very Eagles, proud with this game. The Eagles did not look good, man. This was a Giants practice squad team, and. For those of you who have not watched a single week of football, let's say, okay, I'm not going to watch anything. Let's just, you know, this is your first time listening to something. Let me speed you up to uh, speed you up to pace. The Giants are terrible on paper. I'm not saying you're terrible record-wise. No, on paper, our roster is not that good. But what Brian Dable has done, he has taken the, uh, the sum of the parts and made it greater than the potential whole. As I've been saying all year, Johnson, he has taken the island of misfit toys to the promised land. Yeah, and this so their starters are not good outside of Saquon Barkley and a couple guys on defense and Dexter Lawrence, et cetera, et cetera. Thibodeau, yeah. Thibodeau, a couple guys like that. But when you actually break it down, so they're not playing the back. The Eagles were starters. It was the Eagles starters out there. They weren't playing the backups. They were playing the backups, backups, and yep. they struggled. They let Kenny Galladay score his first career touchdown as a giant yes, against him, against the first string defense with a third string quarterback, Davis Webb, thrown to him. Yeah. That's embarrassing. If I'm the Eagles, I, I don't care how good you've been all year. Uh, that's embarrassing. I don't. You, you were playing for seeding at that point. You need to win that game because the Niners are right on your tail. Uh, and the Cowboys too. Go into the week. Yeah. That was not good. That wasn't good at all. Uh, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I think the moral of the story is you saw in that game, Jalen Hurts kind of was rushed coming back from his injury. He did not look that great in this game, had a really bad interception thrown, and really was not as accurate as he could have been. And listen, I said it going into the game. I said the Giants are not going to win this game. I think they cover it just because I think they're going to catch the Eagles off guard because the Eagles are expecting a blowout win. That's exactly what they did. Uh, you got to give this this team credit. I mean, Gary Brightwell, 
Rand was the leading rusher of the team. Davis Webb literally got signed off the practice squad just to start this game. And the Giants kept it close. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. The Giants were already locked into their playoff spot. There was no reason to play their starters. And they didn't pull Los Angeles Chargers because look what the Chargers did with their starters. They played them in a game that, that, that meant nothing. They were they were locked into their matchup. And look what happened. They lost Mike Williams to an injury. They lost Joey Bosa to an injury. So they're going into the playoff matchup with the Jaguars limping. Meanwhile, the Giants, they're going to be going into their matchup well-rested. They'll be getting guys like the Dory Jackson back from injury. So there's definitely some good signs to see going into the matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. For the Eagles, I mean, the, the, the good thing for them is this. They clinch home field advantage in the NFC East. So they're going to have a bye week. That will give Jalen Hurts another week to rest and fully heal himself before they have to play in the divisional round. It could even be against these Giants once again, but that will have to be determined after the wild card week. But like you said, I'm not disappointed the Giants lost this game. It was a lot better than the first match that these two teams had, and that was with the Giants' actual stars playing the entire game. Yeah, and... uh... I, I don't know what to even think about this. I mean, I just want to touch on the charging. That was probably one of the most reckless things a coach could have done. Yeah. If I'm the GM of that team, I'm livid right now. I mean, yeah, remember, he called the timeout last season that caused him a playoff spot, and he might have caused them a playoff win now with these injuries. So God, it's is, yeah, I don't know. Talk about a guy making the playoffs and being on the hot seat. This is definitely one of those situations. I mean, another guy that could be making the playoffs and on the hot seat, it's funny that you brought that up. It could be uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, and I always say that because of the whole rumors with Sean Payton coming back to coach this season. Very much well could be a Cowboys coach next season, depending on what happens in the playoffs with the Cowboys. But they went into this game facing a rookie quarterback at Sam Howell and pretty much Washington's backups because Washington, again, had nothing to really play for. Um, the Cowboys are also going into this postseason looking very bad. They had a close win against the Titans. It did look like it on paper, but they really played bad in that game against Tennessee. And then they barely beat the Eagles with Gardner Minshew starting. And then this abomination. I mean, they get blown out on the road by 20 points against the Commanders with Sam Howell. Credit to him. His first NFL start did a decent job, did enough just to get the win. And the Commanders' defense was lights out. Dak Prescott looked abysmal in this game. 23 incompletions for Dak on the day with an interception. Cowboys could not run the ball either. They had 64 yards rushing as a team. So the Cowboys, they go into the postseason with a lot of questions to be surrounding. And they're facing another team that's, you know, kind of struggling going into the postseason in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So something we'll have to give for one of those two teams. Obviously, someone will get a postseason win and move on to the divisional round. But the way those two teams are playing right now, it's not good football, and this is the worst time to do it. Now, I have an analysis, and I think you're going to agree with me. Mike McCarthy is the Kirk Cousins of coaching. Yes or no? Are you trying to say it's the timing? Like when it's his... Uh, I'm trying to say that he is not... just like in big game situations. Yeah, I'm talking about a guy in the regular season, he will get you 10, 11 wins, but when it comes time for the big game, he's kind of MIA. I mean, it happened with... uh, It's happened multiple times. It happened with Green Bay. I mean, other than that one Super Bowl run, yeah. It happened time and time again with Mike McCarthy. So I'm going to dub... I'm dubbing him the the Kirk Cousins of head coaches. And another guy that's on the hot seat, I think, is Riverboat Ron. As much so, as I, I, I like Riverboat Ron, he's overcome a lot to get back in well, the NFL. His his staff loves him. The players love him. But I think his time, his t- type of football is just kind of outdated. Well, you got to keep in mind, he would have been fired by now. So the fact that he hasn't been fired is indication that he's going to be back for next season. But I'm he's saying, in the same situation. He's, he's, on, he's in the hot seat. He's the same situation as Mike Vrabel, in which he's going into next season on the hot seat. So he needs to, you know, make sure that he gets off that seat and, you know, kind of cools it down and keeps and secures his job. They obviously fired their offensive coordinator today, Scott Turner. So they'll be having some, you know, decision-making in the offseason to find out who can fix this offense. The question for them is going to be, who is the quarterback of this team next season? Is it Sam Howell? I mean, you might, have to, Sam Howell. you might have to take another look at him because he played one game. He looked pretty good. 
Um, it looks like the, the, the Carson Wentz experiment is definitely over with. I I would say Taylor Heineke's experiment is also over with just because if they were to bench because of him getting benched for Carson Wentz, that's kind of an indication to me that they're not really looking into Heineke long term. Um, they could look at a free agent quarterback for sure. Maybe a Derek Carr, as we said earlier. Maybe a Jimmy G. I don't know. Um, they could draft a quarterback. I mean, maybe maybe a Will Levis. They could look at. Um, so there's a lot of questions for Washington going into the offseason. I would probably draft Will Levis and start Sam Howell for a year. I think it's very like it's plausible they could do that. Yeah, that, that would personally be the route I would like to go. Uh, but I would like to move on to the next game and talking about the Seattle Seahawks ha- having a huge win in overtime versus the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I almost called them the St. Louis Rams there. They should uh, still forget. be St. Louis. I agree. Stan Kroenke... Uh, Stan Kroenke Stan Kroenke really uh, screwed that city but that that's another story for another time but really big win and Baker even though the uh, the Rams weren't playing for anything Baker was certainly playing for a starting job next year or at least a roster spot next year and I gotta say over these last couple games he's looked really good he's looked like an NFL caliber quarterback again well, I hope. I mean, I hope so, Johnson. He was the former number one overall pick. He needs. He needs to look I like mean, something. Yeah, I mean, you also have. I love Texas A and M, but you also have number one picks like Johnny Football. So that's. Well, no, no, no. There's a difference between first round picks and number one oh. overall. That's there's a complete difference because everyone. What do, what, what do you want me to compare him to? You want me to compare him to Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, I'm not saying he's Jamarcus Russell bad. Yeah, I mean, Zach that's Wilson, what I mean. however, could be Jamarcus Russell bad. There's still time now. Uh, but as you said, I mean Baker Mayfield's definitely playing for. Our, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say a starring position. I think personally, I think he'll be back with the Rams next season as a backup for Matthew Stafford. Because you got to think Stafford's getting up there in age, so Stafford could help Baker revitalize his career. And once Stafford retires, Baker has the full reins for that team. So who's to know? Uh, but for Seattle, they get an all-important win because with that win, they eliminated the Detroit Lions going into Sunday Night Football. So. They put a lot of pressure on the Green Bay Packers to win that Sunday night football game. But Seattle, I mean, listen, they almost choked it at the end, too. I mean, a missed field goal by Jason Myers hit off the right up, off the left upright, I should say. And you thought at that I thought at that point, that's it. The it Rams are going to win this game. And the Rams just could not get it done in overtime. Seattle hangs on in overtime, 19 to 16. Geno Smith didn't play the greatest of games, but. Get a great contribution from Kenneth Walker. So Gino and the Seahawks stayed alive in the postseason hunt going into the final game. And that's the next game that we're going to get into, Johnson. A huge Sunday night football matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely wild to see the Detroit Lions playing primetime football on the biggest stage. And listen, no offense to Seattle. I would have loved to have seen Seattle lost that game just to see the win it in scenario for both of these teams. But because of Seattle winning, it eliminated the Lions, and it's it was essentially down to Green Bay and Seattle for that last wild card spot. And it looked like the Packers were going to get it done. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was having an off you know game in the first half. It was really bad offenses, you know, play for both of those teams in the first half of the game. But you saw some you know big time plays in the third quarter. But at the end of the day, the Detroit Lions defense did just enough. You know, got a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers late in the game. They forced him to throw a really bad interception. And that was the game. Detroit goes on the road into Lambeau, knocks off the Packers 20-16 to the final. The Lions eliminate the Green Bay Packers from the playoffs. And because of that, the Seattle Seahawks now move into the postseason. So great job by Geno Smith, the company. Got a lot of criticism last season for letting go of Russell Wilson. They... Are the you know proverbial you know last man you know last person in laughing at the end of the day, they now go to the postseason and take on the San Francisco 49ers. and for the Packers now they go into an offseason with a lot of questions to be asked, and one of those questions is going to be is Aaron, is this Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer? Because from what I saw Johnson at the end of that game, he you know kind of looked like he was soaking it all in and saying to himself, "Well, it was a nice ride. I don't know if I want to play another one." 
I think he'll be back playing football. There's way too much money on the table for him. If he remains a Packer, that's a whole other question. But he, he's not. I don't think he'll leave two hundred million dollars on the table. That's it is a lot of money. That that is true. But I don't know. I mean, the Packers have a lot of you know a lot of questions going into the off season, and I don't know where they go from here. I mean, like I said, this was a team that everyone expected. You know, listen, we don't have Devontae Adams, but they're still a playoff caliber team. And they got out to a really slow start. They were 4-8, and eight, but to their credit, they won four in a row going into this Sunday night game. But you saw the mistakes that they've been making all season. Terrible goal line offense. The defense could not get off the field against the running game of the Detroit Lions. And they, they you know, the Packers had too many mental mistakes. You saw Quay Walker get ejected for pushing a trainer. I mean, stuff like that has to be fixed within the organization in order for the Packers to get back to the postseason. So, at the end of the day, the Lions, they said it best. They said, if we're not going, you're not going either. And that's exactly what happened in this game. Detroit wins, Green Bay is eliminated, and now Seattle goes to the postseason. You gotta love that smash-mouth attitude from the head coach, Dan Campbell. Even though they're not playing for anything, they're playing for pride. And at the end of the day, pride is what really matters, so... They are going to be um, a dangerous team to be threatened, in my opinion, for the next couple of years. I mean, it's let's give him a year or two, see where we're at. He, they're committed to Jared Goff right now, or allegedly they're committed to Jared Goff. Remember, they got a top five draft pick this season, or top so six, maybe, I should say. So they're, they, they could draft a quarterback. They could draft a quarterback. It's very possible they could do that. But do we'll I think go they that. do that? Probably not. Yeah, we'll go on that in a little bit, but we want to kind of recap our, uh, some news around the NFL this week. As you know, Black Monday is a day where a lot of GMs, coaches, and assistants go to die. Uh, Lovey Smith, I believe, was the first of it, but he didn't even reach Black Monday. He was on fired right after the he game. He got fired Monday. that Sunday. Yep. Yeah, he got. He didn't even make it to Monday. Lovey Smith, uh, I, I guess you, you should have stayed retired. You should. You said it best, Chicago legend. Yeah, Chicago legend. They got one more reason to celebrate him in the great city of Chicago. I mean, the Texans, that number one overall pick. Texas are just a joke at this rate. I mean, this is their fourth head coach now in four years. So, I mean, I don't know where they go from here. Um, they're obviously going to be looking at a ton of candidates. But the good thing that's going for them is they're going to have the number two overall pick. They also have another high first-round draft pick, I believe number 12, due to the Deshaun Watson trade. They'll have a ton of cap space going into free agency. So maybe there is a glimpse of hope for this team, but it's going to really depend on who they hire as the new head coach. I would tend to agree with you on that, but who knows? And let's talk about those Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury fired as the head coach of the Cardinals. The first guy fired on Monday. What I'd like to say with that being said, Bruce Arians is still in the comfortable lead now for the all-time leading uh, coach and wins for the Cardinals. I think he has 49, and he's the all-time wins leader. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know anything about football, 49 wins as your all-time best coach for such a I don't want to say historic franchise, but a franchise that's been around for a hot minute. A pretty is penny. kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad time in Arizona. Not only that, their GM, Steve uh, Kime, he steps away from his position. He obviously had a lot of issues during the season. So he's stepping away. They'll be looking at some you know, new GM candidates. So they have to first figure out who the new GM is going to be, and then that GM is going to be looking into – who their next head coach is going to be. But and potentially quarterback. I don't think so. I think Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be there for the long run. I just think, because remember, Johnson, Kyler Murray is going to be the one that's going to be involved in the head coaching process. They're trusting Kyler Murray to pick pick the next head coach of this team. Uh, then really, that's, I wouldn't do that, but okay. Um, but you could I, listen. No offense, to Cliff Kingsbury. I could have seen this a mile away. We, I think most of everyone, everyone saw did. this a you mile know, away. His his the biggest thing on his resume was, oh yeah, I coached Patrick Mahomes in college. Really, what you do with him? I don't know. I won five and seven. Yeah, exactly. Like like really, that's that's the you had Patrick Mahomes in college, and the epitome of your career was, uh, we almost made a bowl game. And another thing with them too, DeAndre Hopkins. Now the rumor today is that he's going to be on the trade block this off season. So the Cardinals, are, come on down. the Cardinals are essentially blowing it all up. And I can't say I I don't see why not. J.J. Watt's retiring. 
You lost seven straight games to end the season. You went 4-13. and 13. I made a mistake, Johnson. They have the third overall pick in this upcoming draft. The Colts are number four. So you have a top three draft pick coming up. Um, they'll probably take either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, whoever doesn't get taken by the Chicago Bears, if I, if I had to pick. So I don't know what they do next, but it is going to be, a, in my opinion, a very long rebuild for Arizona for the next couple of years. And to summarize the news around the NFL, five teams are looking for new head coaches. The Cardinals, who fired Cliff Kingsbury, as we just said. The Texans, who fired Lovia Smith. Broncos, who Hackett, Hackett got fired midseason. The Colts, which they're not, I don't think they're bringing back Jeff Saturday. Um, the rumor is, so they're, they're keeping Jeff Saturday in consideration for the head coaching job. I don't see a reason in hell why he should be the head coach after what how the Colts played this, you know, no, the rest of the season. Definitely not. So, they don't have a new head coach. And the Panthers are looking for a head coach who fired Matt Rule. And believe it or not, the Panthers performed way better after they sent him to the shadow realm. So well, figure it out. A, they're in a situation like the uh, the Vegas Raiders were last season, if you think about it. They had an interim head coach, and they did pretty well with the interim. They went 6-6 six and six with Steve Wilkes at the helm. So the question is, do you bring back Wilkes and give him that opportunity, or do you pull the Raiders and just go out for a guy within you know a different system and let Wilkes probably leave for another team. So I, th- I think you should run with the interim guy for at least a year if there's no really good co- uh, coaches available. If you can't get someone like Sean Payton or uh, or one of the higher-tier coaches, just rock with the interim for a year and then kind of revisit it. That's what I would do personally. He, he wasn't a bad hire. Even if he's mediocre, goes 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine whatever it is, uh, then maybe you fire him. But you gotta, I, I would rock with him for a year. And the, there's one team that we didn't mention that, that could be potentially on this team very soon. The Los Angeles Rams could be on this team very much well soon. Obviously, Sean McVay is still deciding on if he wants to step away from his position as the head coach. He might be leaning towards becoming a TV analyst for any of the you know prestigious programs in Fox, ESPN, NBC, you name it. So the Rams could be another team that could be looking for a head coach very, very well soon. They're still waiting to hear what his decision is going to be. So with that, Johnson, I'll ask a quick question before we get into your favorite part of the show. With those five teams and a potential sixth in the Rams, what is the most enticing position going into this offseason? Uh, would, like would you want me to rank them? Uh, you can rank them if you want. Uh, if the, if the uh, at, constructed as is right now, I would well, go do the, from... Do the five that's, that, that have an opening. Okay, so the Rams are. I was gonna say the Rams. Okay, uh, the Rams. Well, I think the Rams are by far number one if they're if it, if the opening's there. I would say because the Cardinals are kind of looking to blow. Here's the thing: because we don't know if there's so many unanswered. We don't know if D Hop is getting traded. We don't know. I think he's gonna get traded. So assuming D Hop gets traded, I this is ironic. The Broncos would probably be my number one destination. Um, I think you're right. I you you gotta remember they're they're gonna pay whatever head coach it is a lot of money. That Walmart money's gonna come in really really quick. I would say the I would say the uh, yeah I would have to say the Broncos. If not if the if the hop stays I would say the Cardinals. But as constructed right now, assuming he's going to leave, I'd say the Broncos then. And then what would you say that is the least interesting? Probably the Texans if I had to guess. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to go coach for a team owned by Jim Irsay. Oh, the Colts. You say the Colts are the worst option right now. I would listen. Jim Ursay is an owner that's proven time and time again he wants to be too involved. I don't think I disagree with you either because you got to think about it. They're a team under very a lot of turmoil going right now. The Texans and, have absolutely no expectations. So you have a head coach. You come in there, you win five or six games. Yeah, they're gonna praise you. Yeah, and then you have a brand new quarterback, like Bryce Young, to play with. Maybe the world is your oyster. The next year you get to the draft. You draft a wide receiver or a tight end standout, and you form a really good one-two punch. You maybe Remember win a nine or ten next year. They, he never got to play his rookie season, so once he comes back, I mean, you never know. He could be a big-time stud for the Texans. Yeah, so I would say uh, definitely the Colts would be my least favorite team. I would have to maybe go Broncos, and if the Cardinals do lose D-Hop, I would say the Texans would be number two. I, I have to agree. I, I just think the... My thing is you have the number two overall pick and number 12, and you have a ton of cap space. So you're playing with, you know, house money in a sense. Yeah, so, you're really playing with house money, and all you have to do is 
really if you go anywhere close to 500 that's a really big upgrade on, on and remember team. they have two first round picks in the draft next year too so they have a lot of things going for them they just need to find the right guy they haven't found that coach in a while so there's definitely things that they could fix i don't know who the head coach is going to be for them but they'll have a great opportunity to fix what has been a really bad organization for the past couple of years all right, Nick, it is time for my favorite part of the show. Mm-hmm. Pick the weekly pickums where we're going to pick the over-under, the money line, the spread on this week's games. This week is very special. It, it is the first round Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes, we're making it Super Wild Card Weekend because the NFL loves money. I'm so glad you said super. I was gonna, I was going to say it if you didn't say it. All right, so our first game, we have the Seahawks going... Oh, as the away team going into Santa Clara, into the 49ers, 49ers at home, 10-point favorite. So it's 49ers minus 10, over under at 43.5. Nick, what is your pick? Oh, man, this is a tough one because I I think I'm going to have to go with the under in this game. Um, I just think the C- the, the Seahawks are playing, are playing not great football the last couple of weeks. Kind of barely snuck into the playoffs. If you look at their last couple of games, you know, a close loss against the Niners in which they look pretty bad. Got beat down by the Chiefs. Then they beat a Jets team that, had, you know, Mike White starting and just had nothing going offensively. And they barely beat the Rams. Their offense does not look good in any of those games. Meanwhile, the Niners, they're one of the best teams, you know, in the entire NFL. I, I, I've i been saying all year they have the best defense in the entire league. So I don't really see a lot of points being scored in this game. I see this being as a potential 27 to 10 final for San Francisco. I just think they're going to dominate Seattle all the way. All right. So I disagree. I think that the 49ers are going to dominate them. However, I think they will almost hit the over by themselves. Brock Purdy. No, with Brock Purdy under center, they have yet to score, I think below 27 points. So the 49ers are probably going to be good for 27 points on their own. Do you think that Seattle can score 14 or 15 points? I don't know because they ha- they barely been doing that the last couple of weeks. I think that they can score. I think Seattle can score around twenty points, and I think uh, the Niners will score around 31, 32 points. So I think they would cover and get the over. But my official p- pick is the over at forty three and a half. Okay, that's right. So going into the next game, Los Angeles Chargers RV away team shocker going hosting uh, this team RV Jacksonville Jaguars even a bigger shocker. Uh, Chargers are favorites in a playoff game. Sound the alarms, everyone. Chargers minus one and a half, over under at 46 and a half. Nick, your pick. Well, the line's going to keep changing. I think right now it's it's kind of even, I think. But at the at, when we wrote these, you know, stuff the stuff down, it was Chargers minus one and a half. So the lines will always change, obviously, when it comes down to it. Um, I'm going to love with you, Johnson. I love Jacksonville in this game. I think the Chargers really screwed themselves by starting their starters, and then you have Mike Williams go down with an injury. They're still they still don't have Rayshon Slater, who did just return from the you know reserve list, so he's going to come back soon. But that's only if they get past this game. Jacksonville, I think they just have a lot of momentum going for them right now. I think they've won five in a row now at current you know point in the season. The Chargers lost to Denver. Obviously, that game didn't really mean anything to them. But I love this Jaguars team. I just think everything is going their way right now. I just think they come out with the win. So you're taking ja- so what are you taking Jacksonville plus? I'm gonna one take Jacksonville. I'm gonna take Jacksonville money line. And I think the another point and factor, you gotta remember the head coaching match in this game. You got Brandon Staley, who's gonna be making his NFL postseason debut against Doug Peterson, a former Super Bowl winning coach. I think that alone gives the Jaguars a slight advantage, and I think they come out with the win. All right, I'm not going to pick this game, uh, a winner of the game with a 10-foot pole, but I will say I like the over of this game because God knows the Chargers can't play defense, and uh, but at the same time, the Chargers can really light it up. So I think this might be a game where it's like 27-28 or something to that uh, something to that effect. So I'm just going to pick the over of this game. I'm a big fan of the over this week. Those are my two official over picks this week. Uh, the West, rest of my picks are going to be uh, spreads and or money line. So okay. that being said, with that being said, we have Miami Dolphins, the last team getting into the playoffs for the AFC, going on the road into Orchard Park, into the Bills Stadium. Bills ten and a half point point favorites at home. Over unders at forty four and a half. Nick, your pick. 
Buffalo minus ten and a half. It's not even close. Buffalo minus ten and a half. Yeah, I think even if Tua plays, I still don't think the Dolphins have a chance. They played really close the last time in Buffalo. I don't see it happening a second straight time. Dolphins kind of limping their way into the postseason, and the Bills. They've got a lot of momentum going for them right now, and they're playing with a lot more now, obviously, after the DeMar Hamlin situation. I think they get it done, and I think they get it done in a big-time fashion. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills in this 210 and a half. I, I don't see it happening. I, there's no, I don't think there's a chance at hell. The quote, Vince McMahon, you got no chance in hell winning this game. Uh, Bills minus 10 and a half is my pick as well, so we're synced up on that one. So that's could be good and, good and bad. We had a couple games that we all said, you know what? We're all riding this together, and we ended up all winning. So let's see if we can kind of keep that up. Yep. We have the next game, the New York football Giants on the road going into Minnesota. Vikings at home, three-point favorites at home, over under at 47. The game I'm I've just, been dreading. Do you want me to start this off, or do you want You can start this you off. You can start this off. Giants plus three. Kirk Cousins in prime oh. time is a no-good. It's a no-go. He's playing at 4 o'clock, too. Yeah, I think it would have been, it, think it been interesting. If they made this game at one o'clock, so NFL flex this game into the one o'clock. No, I want to see Kirk. It's already done. No, no, flex it. I want to see Kirk Cousins perform at a primetime game at one o'clock. Uh, I want to see what what curse can be broken first. <laughs> but I'm taking Giants plus three. Oh man, Johnson, I don't know. I I would I want to take the Giants so badly, but I don't want to screw them and mush them. I don't know if I can do it to myself. Um, I'm going to play it safe. I'm just going to take the under. Give me under 47. I'm not taking my team. I don't want anyone on, uh, to, you know, come, you know, come back to me and say, I hate you for picking the Giants. I want no part in the, you know, in the, the mush. I, I don't want no part of the mush. I want it to be known that I'm just taking the under and I'm praying that the Giants get this win because I still want revenge of the Vikings for what happened a couple weeks ago. Well, if the Giants are playing for a purpose, I don't think the Vikings are that good. They have a terrible points differential for the number three overall seed in the NFC. Uh, so I think this would be pretty interesting. Let's go into the next game, though. Ravens on the road versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati hosting uh, Baltimore. Bengals six and a half point favorites at home. Over under slate at 43 and a half. Nick, give me your pick. This is an interesting game because I think even I think Lamar Lamar Jackson most likely will play this game, and definitely will give Baltimore a lot better odds to win this game. Um, Cincinnati lost guard Alex Kappa in their last game against Baltimore, so that could be a big time injury coming down to it. The Ravens defense has looked really good all season, but uh, I think I still got to take the Bengals. Now the question is, do I like the six and a half? I, I, I like uh, give me Bengals six and a half. All right. Um. So this is my logic, Nick. I'm taking Ravens plus six and a half. And do you want to hear why? Okay, I'm listening. I'm taking them plus six and a half because I think Lamar Jack Lamar Jackson is going to be cleared to play, and by the time that happens, the money is going to start pouring in for that six and a half, causing that line to eventually That's, go down to maybe five or That's four true. and a half. So if I can buy two and a half points for no cost because it hasn't been made official yet, it's just speculation. I'm gonna buy those two and a half three points right now. So that's why I'm taking. Ra- I still think the Bengals win, but I'm gonna buy those extra two and a half three points right now because I eventually think the lines gonna go down to Bengals minus three and a half or minus four. I, I I don't disagree with you on that. I think that's a very you know you know great observation there because you say it's right. shysty. I don't want to say shysty, but it's definitely a um, it's definitely a good observation to you know point that out. And the final game we have on our playoff schedule, by far the worst game of the of the entire wild card week. The best game of the week, and that's why it's in prime time. The Dallas <laughs> Cowboys going on the road versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cowboys favorites on the road. Cowboys minus three, 44 and a half. Is the over under in Tampa Bay? Nick, your pick. I got two picks for you in this one. Okay, I'm lay, taking lay the under. I think I'm taking the under because okay. you remember under the first. 40. Remember the first time these two teams played, defenses came to play. The offenses were not there, but to be fair, the offenses has not been there for Tampa Bay all season, and the Cowboys looked abysmal last week against Washington. So I think Tampa Bay will be able to expose them. 
And I'm going to take Tampa Bay plus two, uh, plus three. I th- I don't know if they're going to win this game. I I hate to say it, but I'd rather see Tom Brady win this game over the Cowboys. Um, just because I just love seeing Cowboy tears. Um, I just think, unfortunately, this could be a game where you see Tom Brady and company get the win. Hopefully, it doesn't lead to a Super Bowl run. But I think at the end of the day, I, I just... Don't want to pick Dallas, so that's probably more bias when it comes down to this picks. All right, Nick, my, I'm locking in Buccaneers money line. I'm not even taking the points. I'm taking the better odds. You're going straight this, for it. And this is why. Do you want to know why I'm taking the money line? I'm listening. Has the Dallas Cowboys ever beaten Tom Brady in their career? Yes or no? Off the top of my head, I don't think so. They were 0-7, so you are correct. When is the last time Dallas has won a playoff game on the road? Oof. That. I don't know. 1992. Wow, that long. It's been over 30 years at this point. So not only does Dallas have to break a 30-year streak, they also have to break Tom Brady's 20-plus year streak as well. To win this game, I don't think they're getting both. Well, I, think, I don't think it's going to happen. I think for once, I think we can agree that we don't want to see the Cowboys win this game, and it would we be can't just, agree it, with that. Uh, it would just be very funny if they were to lose this game to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that's looked pretty bad all season. Yeah, I mean that would be pretty ironic, but that's my pick because it you, you're talking about something that hasn't happened in thirty years and twenty plus years. So to me, this is the odds are stacked against them. I think that's fair. But Johnson, before we go, I just one quick question. Based on the constructed format of the you know, the current postseason bracket, uh, do you have a favorite for this year's Super Bowl? Uh San Francisco 49ers. Okay. That's I fair. don't care who's I don't care who's under center. They got the best defense in the league with the best running back and one of the best coaches in the playoffs, if not the best coach in the playoffs. You think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the playoffs right now? One of the best coaches. I guess by default, because there's a lot of rookies, cat coaches. I mean, um, listen, it's I either so. him or you, 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 or you get a, from the AFC. Oh, God. Ugh. It's so tough because I want to pick Cincinnati in the worst way. But I don't think I can pick Cincinnati. I think this is the year the Bills make the Super Bowl, but they lose to the 49ers. Well, Johnson, it's funny that you say that because I have the exact same Super Bowl matchup. You're kidding but, me. But remember... I picked this Super Bowl matchup at the beginning of the season, and I'm sticking with that prediction, and I'm sticking with the fact that Buffalo is going to get it done this time. Now, with the emotions of the DeMar Hamlin stuff going down, I think they have more incentive than ever to go out and get the Super Bowl ring. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but it's been certainly a very hectic year, and I can't wait to see this postseason. Well, as you said, it's going to be a super wild card week. And the postseason is definitely going to, you know, fulfill a lot of excitement for this NFL season, which has been an incredible season altogether. Who will come out top as the Super Bowl champions? Time will only tell, but get ready, folks. The postseason is right around the corner this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Get ready. Grab your popcorn and get ready for these exciting NFL postseason matchups. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Breaks Sports Show here an unbelievable season to say at least the regular season is done postseason is here who will come out on top as the champions we'll have to see johnson and i might have mushed the niners and the bills that we'll have to find out so don't blame us or you can if you want to we'll have just just message us if you want to blame us once again this is nicholas bavona joining alongside andrew johnson with the all gas no break sports show have a great rest of your weekend